We're halfway through February. Have you picked out the perfect Christmas present for the loved ones in your life yet? Well, maybe you could ask for a little help from a social media manager, and you only have to travel to Stowe, Vermont to get it. There's 310 days until Christmas, and you're listening to The Christmas of a Lifetime. Let's bring the Christmas spirit in the air, the air, and let's turn the lights down low, and make some hot cocoa, and watch the falling snow, and look at the beautiful Christmas lights, look at our favorite Christmas movies, buy the presents under the Christmas tree, so join us to Hello, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, The Christmas of a Lifetime. I'm your host, Jacob Osterman, and with me, as always, is my brother, Jesse Austin Brenneman. Hello, Jesse. Merry Christmas, Jacob. Uh, shout out to Charles Dickens, as we've discussed. You know, every time we say Merry Christmas, we're going to reference him. He's the OG. He, he is. He really is. The audio quality might be a little bad today, Jacob. I'm out here in California, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as snowy, but this movie really kept the Christmas spirit alive for me. Really enjoyed it. In fact, I'm not going to always do this. I like this so much. I'd like our listeners to go watch this movie because definitely worth it. Take a pause here. Pause the podcast. Go Again, we online. don't say this every episode. We don't say this every episode. But this time, go find it. I had it on Amazon Prime. I watched it on Pluto TV. It's great. Go and give it a watch. Come back. And we'll, we'll discuss it. All right. All right. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, perfect. I, I know you enjoyed that, that time with yourself and with Christmas. So, all right. Well, let's get into it, Jacob. Uh, with our first segment, we always start with the stocking stuffer. Yeah. A little amuse-bouche. Jacob, for this joke, we've made it every episode. <laughs> I said amuse-bouche once, and this is what you can... I don't know why I'm rising to the bait. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> not gonna do this it. Is, okay. This this movie has put me in a generous spirit. Okay. And I'm just going to just to gonna continue. let it go. Jacob, would you <laughs> would you like to open your stocking and and see what's inside? Yeah, I'm going to reach down in there. I'm gonna take out all the pairs of socks that people mm-hmm. put in there. Uh, I'm not interested in those. I'm looking for candy, Jesse. I'm looking for chocolate. What what is in the stocking today, Jesse? What, what Jacob, is in the we have two today? things. We have two things in the stocking stuffer. Now, the first thing that I'm gonna pull out, Jacob. Okay, and this is actually something that a uh, spoiler alert. I'm gonna get you for Christmas. <laughs> okay. This year. All okay. right. That is the DVD of Sabrina the Teenage Witch Christmas episodes with the classic episodes of Girl and Her Cat, Sabrina uh-huh. Claus. Sabrina nipping at your nose. Sabrina's perfect Christmas. It's a hot, 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 hot Christmas. A series uh, from 1996 to 2003 that always had a Christmas episode starred one of our favorites, MJH. Okay, of Melissa Hart. Obviously, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, one of her breakthrough roles um, that she's most known for. But here's the question, Jacob. Do you know why I'm giving you this stocking today when we're watching Always and Forever Christmas? No, Jesse, why why are you giving it to me today? Jacob, who played Zelda Spellman, Melissa Jones Hart's aunt on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, 
Was it Beth Broderick? Who was it Beth Broderick? Car- <laughs> it's Beth Broderick. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't recognize this. <laughs> oh my God, Jesse, that is that is incredible. I, I immediately, I not, I immediately, when I started watching it, I'm like, wait, is this? Is, this is Zelda. This is Aunt Zelda from t- Sabrina the Teenage Witch. One of the classic witches who's teaching yeah, Sabrina absolutely. how to be a witch. Jacob, do you know how you do magic in Sabrina the Teenage Witch? I think you... you... No, wriggling your nose phys- is witched. Yeah. Jacob, much like I Dream of Genie, there are multiple physical gestures that can do magic. Mm-hmm. Mainly pointing at something. But you don't have to say anything. Somebody else can encant the spell also. Okay. But nodding your head also does it, which is how Carol does magic. <laughs> Here's my question. We need to watch these Christmas episodes, rewatch these Christmas episodes from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and see if there are clues <laughs> that Aunt Zelda is actually Mrs. Claus. We don't know Mrs. Claus's first name, right? Yeah. Zelda Claus. Maybe spelled... I, very, very understandable. Maybe Spellman is her, her maiden name. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, Anyways. maybe this is, this is a continuation of the series. Yeah. And just 20 Jacob. years later... Jacob, 20 years later, everyone's from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm looking for a cat named Salem in our next Christmas movie. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. Uh, pretty amazing. Now, the second thing. So, Jacob, that was a great first present. Yeah, okay. absolutely, Jesse. Absolutely. A chocolate great orange for, of, a, yeah. of a stocking stuffer. So here's the next thing, Jacob. Jacob, this movie, and we're going to get into it, but revolves around many of the Christmas events and traditions across 12 days in Stowe, Vermont. Right. Now, Jacob, here's the thing where I think they're taking a little bit of poetic license, and I would have preferred if they just stuck to reality. Because Stowe, Vermont does have a bunch of small-town Christmas events. From December 3rd to December 5th in 2021, we had the interfaith holiday display, which I did think we saw, right? Yeah. And by the way, just go to ghostow.com, which is the best small town website name I've ever heard, Ghostow. And they have a flyer for their a traditional Christmas in Stowe. You have the children's lantern parade and tree lighting. There's the current opening reception of the art show and festival of trees and lights. By the way, this is all from a group called Stowe Vibrancy. They're just trying to keep their small town alive. Well, not only alive, Jacob, but vibrant. Okay, and that, that's the key here, all right? Some of my famous favorite ones, the Holiday Bazaar with live holiday music. I think we saw that too, the Christmas mm-hmm. Fair. Santa Stroll Through the Village. Could they have had this in the movie? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're going to talk about they also have all of the events, but I think that would have yeah. been a good one to slot in. Gingerbread ornament decorating and wine tasting at the same time, Jacob. That sounds like Brilliant. a thing you would go to. I would uh, absolutely. I would, I would crush some gingerbread that... cookies and, and wine. Uh, some mold wine in there. Mm. Yep, there it is. Then they have Santa and Mrs. Claus arrive at eleven thirty on December fourth in Stowe Village in a hay wagon. So, I think this movie, obviously for narrative reasons, left Santa out of it and only had mm-hmm. Mrs. Claus show up. Carol, maybe we could have seen the hay wagon, something like that. Uh, holiday cookie decorating. You know, there's just like all these all these events. You can go to the Stowe Ice Arena and uh, have a welcome to winter on December fifth. Look, all I'm saying is. This movie was a documentary. That's all I want to throw out there. That's Jesse, I think the reason that you didn't see you didn't see a lot of those is that this takes place in the twelve days before Christmas, starting December thirteenth. The third through the fifth had already passed, so You're we didn't right. get to see those. 
You're yeah. right. Yeah. Oh. Well, this makes a lot more sense now. I yeah, apologize. I, think, I, think I, I retract my stocking stuffer. I just no, have I my think, dates you know, wrong. Maybe when we calendar. do our New Year's resolutions, that's something yeah. we can resolve. We start the movie earlier. Okay. And then we Sorry. get to see more of those. Uh, where was the pudding toss, Jesse, in this? In this yeah, there was no events? pudding toss. I was disappointed. But again, you're right. It was on. It's later, two weeks later. Jesse, both of those amazing stocking stuffers. Uh, fantastic. Can't believe you didn't recognize tribute. Beth Broderick. Jesse, only 90s kids are going to get that. <laughs> uh, oh, what a great sitcom. Anyways. <laughs> so, every episode of this podcast, Jesse, you and yeah. I, we get together to talk about a movie from a series near and dear to our heart, the Lifetime Original Christmas Movies. Mm-hmm. This week, the reason for the season is Always and Forever Christmas. Yeah, what a great title, by the way. Can we just shout out to who came up with that? And this is, it it this is, is a great shelf. title. It mm-hmm. ties into the plot. It ties into the store. Not as much of a pun, maybe, as I would have liked, but uh, yeah. they, can't all be, they can't all be pun winners. Jesse, I, I just want to start... I think you and I both agree that we really enjoyed this movie. That's true. Right. Yes. So as we go through this, there are going to be a couple places where I'd like to stop and focus on how this movie gets something really right that other movies yeah. maybe have missed. So yeah. just as we go through, let's keep that. Let's keep okay. that in our head. Let's keep that in mind. Put a pin in that. All right. Yeah, we go open ahead. this movie. I, I think as a lot of these movies we're discovering now open with <laughs> an establishing shot panning over a city. In this case, it's L.A. And Jacobs, <laughs> I was, uh, um, let me pause you one <laughs> sentence in. Okay, okay do we need to, this need may to be the earliest I've ever tangent. digressed. Jacob, I'm here in California. I'm actually in Los Angeles. I watched <laughs> this movie on a plane as I was flying into Los Angeles. <laughs> so you I looked, looked out. out the window. I looked at the movie. I looked out the window and I was like, oh my God, we're in LA. <laughs> this is amazing. It's perfect. Perfect establishment, Jesse. There was also no map. On the TV. Okay, I looked for it. Just want to point that okay, out. Okay, well, I mean, as a boomer, you may not have not have noticed it, but... That was that was not generous of you. I think Carol would have something <laughs> You're to right. say about that joke. You're right, Jesse. Let's have a cup of hot cocoa and continue our... <laughs> and some cookies. Season. <laughs> and some Magically cookies. appear. Okay, continue. So, we pan over LA, and then smoothly uh, transition into the business of the main character. The main character, of course... A strong businesswoman, in this case, Lucy, played by Lexi Lawson. She is a brand management coordinator. So she takes care of setting up a social media presence, getting a website, really bringing companies into the 21st century. I am surprised. This is this is like the third movie in a row. Well, no, I guess the second movie in three Yeah, that has had digital media as like the main, the company's task i thought we would get more variety in the business but apparently financial and digital media it's a very easy way to establish that this person could be fairly independently wealthy early on in their in their career uh Mm -hmm. without having to do a lot of explaining for the people watching at home Mm -hmm. you know it's something that they can just say well they're in tech and just sort of leave it at that okay Lucy, in some of the densest packed exposition that i've ever seen has about five sentences where she sets up the entire plot of the movie She says, I'm going to Vermont to Stowe, Vermont, 
because my parents are going on a vacation and they want to retire. So I'm selling the family business that my grandfather left me. It's a year round Christmas store called Forever Christmas. Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole movie right there. She just puts it right out there, gets it on the table and says, that's what we're going to do. Also, we should note that she's in line for a promotion, right? So her boss is like, hey, go take your vacation. Go enjoy time with your family over the holidays. So it's a little bit opposite from the bosses we've seen previously. Mm -hmm. But she's like, hey, when you get back, we were going to discuss you taking the next step up, get the big promotion at work. Yeah. Very supportive boss, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely in contrast to some of the other ones we've seen who need to learn the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, a spirit of, you know, from the movie A Spirit of Christmas, for example. Uh, her for boss example. Was, was, was not great at, you know, balancing. A bit life. of an old an old Ebenezer archetype, if you will. <laughs> you can't see this because it's an audio format, listeners, but I'm shaking my head because I'm not going to get drawn into another 30-minute conversation about Christmas Carol. And I know that's what you're doing, Jacob. I know that I'm, you're trying to draw I'm us just, off track. I'm just putting out there that, that maybe Charles Dickens established some of the tropes that we're seeing recurring in these movies. Anyway, not important. Lucy flies to Vermont. She gets to the store. We have some wonderful establishing shots of what I consider some of the most Christmas that we've seen on screen at once in this Christmas store, Jesse. I I think you would agree Mm -hmm. with me. I would absolutely agree. There are wreaths, there is tinsel, there is mistletoe, there are ornaments, snow globes, any kind of Christmas accoutrement that you might expect, you can find in this store. Mm-hmm. So she arrives, and she sees off her parents. They're heading out on their trip. So she's so let's let's be clear here about what's happening. So what happens is she gets the store. The store is left to her. She's the owner. Um, it was left to her by her grandfather. Now, what's weird about this is actually her parents have been running the store in Stowe, Vermont, for years. Right? Right. And her parents, she's sending them on a vacation, and she's going to close up the store, finish out the last two weeks of the store until Christmas, and then sell it to someone, to some buyer. Right? And so her parents, I thought this was a little bit weird, that her parents were like, we've been running this store for years. First of all, if you were... If your dad like owned a store and you come and start running the family business, and then your dad's like, I'm not going to leave it to you. I'm going to leave it to your kid. Wouldn't that be a little bit weird? <laughs> I mean, I thought that was a little bit weird, but See, everyone seemed okay Jesse, with it. Jesse, here's, here's the thing is that in a normal situation, that would be weird. But I think, and we'll get to this, there's a magic in this Christmas store. Mm-hmm. And we know that Lucy has it and the grandfather had it. I think that her mother, who is who is her grandfather, is a maternal grandfather. I think her mother didn't have this gift. It's not explained, but she didn't have this gift. And it skips so a generation. She's, she, she's understanding of the fact that this store is really her daughter's. So Oh, birthright. so this was never made clear. So you think the parents believe in the reality of the Christmas magic and of the Christmas magic store? I don't know any other way to explain why they kept running the store for years without... You know, ha- with her grandfather having passed away and just passed it over on to their daughter. I don't know any other way to explain that. Well, here's the other thing. If they've passed it on and Lucy's not there and the mom doesn't have the magic, okay, mm-hmm. how are people getting the perfect Christmas present at the store? Jesse, I think they're not. I think that there's another movie, a prequel, where... Yeah, a prequel, okay. Where 
okay. her mo- her mother decides not to have children, and then Carol has yeah. to come and kind of explain to her the yeah. magic of having children. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I think okay. that's I think that's a prequel that we haven't established yet. All right. So, anyways, her parents leave, and she goes in, and she meets a worker there named Randall, who mm-hmm. um, has been has been working at the store, assisting her parents. And it turns out that her grandfather's apartment is above the store, right? So right. she's staying there. So she goes up there. This place also completely decorated as as Christmas. It's right? got a Christmas quilt on the bed. It's got ornaments mm-hmm. and stuff. And this is an apartment that people don't live in, right? Like this right. this apartment, her parents have their own place. That's right. They don't live in this apartment. It hasn't been touched since her grandfather was there. Yeah. And it is chock full Always of Christmas Always and decorated. forever Christmas decorated. Yeah. That is a man who lived all year round with the Christmas spirit in his heart, Jesse. Yeah. She's just getting ready, and she notices that one of the windows is open, mm-hmm. and so she closes it, and it's sort of, there's like a, a sparkly sound, Yeah, and she sees like a red scarf, and then uh, she meets Carol, who is just a woman that's randomly in her apartment, played by Beth Broderick, as I mentioned, who famously played Zelda Spellman from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Right. Carol immediately starts demonstrating some severe magical powers. First of all, mm-hmm. teleportation. She appears behind her. No sound. Door was closed. So she teleports in behind her. She also, yeah. when Lucy says, oh, I'm feeling kind of cold because the window is open, Carol immediately starts a fire in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Fireplace hasn't worked for years. It's a gas fireplace. Hasn't worked for years. Carol, using her magic, manifests this fire in the fireplace. She mm-hmm. also displays... The power of matter substantiation by That's right. summoning hot cocoa and Christmas cookies, which are the best that she has ever tasted. Jacob, so here's the thing, and we're going to always return to this. So she meets Carol. So she's in this apartment. She's like going up to go to sleep, right? She just had this long travel trip. And this woman appears in her apartment and she's like, doesn't interrogate. She's like, you must be a seasonal temporary worker my parents hired. And Carol does nothing to disabuse her of this notion. But why would the seasonal temper... Like, Randall already left. Yeah. Why is she in her house? Why is she yeah. in her apartment? Uninvited. This was very I mean, weird. This but is, this is if someone magic. showed up uninvited in my house, and they were, like, there to rob me, but then they gave me hot cocoa and cookies, I, would, I might be like, okay, you're a temporary worker. That Jesse, makes sense. I might rationalize. I, I think if someone broke into my house and I turned around to confront them and then they started a fire with their mind, I might not, I might not <laughs> interrogate them too much either. <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. That's a good point. We'll anyway. have to keep this as strategies for uh, home invasion <laughs> from magical beings. Yeah. Um, anyway, Carol makes a lot of very oblique references to her husband who lives up north mm-hmm. and works in the import-export business. And... Yeah. I just really enjoyed her performance there because she did everything short of turning to the camera and winking at us as she's delivering these lines. <laughs> just wonderful presentation from her on her husband. She, she, at one point she says, uh, Lucy says, isn't your husband going to need help? Carol says, no, he's got a lot of help this time of year. <laughs> and by help, I mean help. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, Beth Broderick really bringing the heat. To this, yeah. uh, to this movie. So, if it's not clear, Carol is clearly Mrs. Claus, yeah. right? And we we actually never, she never says it, but it is it is very obvious that we've that seen she's this talking. before. 
We've seen yeah. this before in A Christmas Wish when Pam Greer shows up. Yeah. And it's very clear to us as the audience that she is Mrs. Claus, given her magical powers, given what we see. Mm-hmm. But she never explicitly says, although, oh, I'm Mrs. Claus. Although, we did argue about that because I felt that she was more of a Batman. But, you know. There aren't a lot of options. <laughs> Carol, it's clear, has a lot of love and affection for the Forever Christmas store. And that's why she's here to help. The mm-hmm. next day... Lucy goes to the local cafe to get some Wi-Fi. The Forever Christmas is... Oh, well, first of all, okay, clearly, let's pause here. Yeah, okay. Let's pause here. <laughs> Jacob, so that's the end of day one, yeah, right? So she gets the there, one. she meets Randall, she meets Carol, and then she goes to sleep. So the next day she gets up and she comes downstairs, and her goal is to get the store. So she meets Randall, and Randall's like, hey, this is going to be really busy. We're getting into Christmas season. We're a Christmas store. And she's right. like... She's very business, like, brand management from the beginning. So she's like, hey, we got to drive foot traffic um, and in order to sell out of all of our inventory so we can sell it to this athleisure company from Chicago who is buying this building and store in Vermont to turn it into a yoga athleisure store combo. So she asked Randall for the Wi-Fi password, and he's like, uh, we don't have Wi-Fi. And she's like, well, how does your computer work? And he's like, we don't have computers. And so she's like, how do you keep inventory? And he holds up like a notebook. And she's just like shocked. She's like, well, I guess I better bring our store into the 21st century. First of all, this is what you get by being a silent partner that never shows up. All right, you're going to find these kinds of surprises. So Lucy, has, let's true. be a little she, bit more involved. She hasn't been back in right. many years. Yeah. So then in order to do it, She's going to, she says, oh, I saw a sign that said Wi-Fi in the cafe, the diner across the street. So she's going to go over to the diner to get Wi-Fi in order to start upping Always and Forever Christmas social media game to drive foot traffic, to clear out their inventory, to then be able to sell it in two days, right, mm-hmm. to the buyer from Chicago. So anyway, so she goes over to the, to the diner, and that is where we meet our male romantic lead, Scott. And this was a great scene because she just wants Wi-Fi and she's just very belligerent towards Scott. So she's like, hey, can I, I'm just here to use the Wi-Fi. So she sets everything up very orderly. She's got her laptop. She's got her mouse. She's got her mouse pad. That's right. She is set. She says to Scott, Scott comes over with a cup of coffee. She says, hey, uh, can I have the Wi-Fi password? And he goes, well, that's only for paying customers. She goes, looks like I'm paying for coffee. And he goes, <laughs> Like no. she wanted it without yeah. the coffee. Yeah. And he's like, no, like the coffee's free. I'm just giving it to you because I'm a small town business we, owner. We should note that we have already <laughs> seen Scott as the audience because he saw Lucy arrive and he was clearly checking her out, yeah. right? So it's like very obvious that he's already sort of into her, yeah. right? And so he's just, you know, he's being a little bit, I think that he's being very forgiving because he thinks she's attractive, right? Right. I and mean, so she, not, he needs to be forgiving <laughs> because she's crazy. She, She's, she's crazy in this very moment. aggressive in this moment. Uh, he's like, well, you need to buy something. She's like, well, let me speak to the to the owner. Yeah, <laughs> right? she did a, I want to speak to your manager. And yeah. he's like, I am the owner. Okay, you're in Stowe, Vermont. She's, uh, we have a worker shortage, okay? <laughs> There's nobody else here. I'm the, I'm the only, I'm the only person who works here. I cook all the food and I serve all the food. <laughs> Fortunately, he does only have about two or three people in his restaurant at a time. So it's never overwhelming. That's true. Also, he's very good at making grilled cheese, so... Yeah. But we'll, we'll I mean. get to that in a minute. So, she agrees to buy a single egg. 
That's right. Poached. And she, she orders, like, the most difficult, most fancy way of having eggs. Again, just establishing her as this, like, West Coast elite businesswoman yeah. uh, from the big city who... You're not going to order over easy. You're not going to order my personal diner favorite over hard. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to order poached eggs. It's like yeah. a poached egg. Okay, so he's, he's <laughs> she gets the poached egg, and so she's setting up, getting on the Twitter. She's getting on the Insta chat. She's getting on, you know, all of the... She's setting up their social media. There's a very out-of-place and abrupt name drop of Wix.com. Which well, she's setting I up their website, pretty... Jacob. Yeah. And uh, if you <laughs> use it, it, promo code the... <laughs> always and forever, you get 10% off the first two the first two months at Wix.com. It felt like they had stopped in the middle for an ad break. <laughs> I was expecting Casper Mattress to show up. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to go sleep in my grandfather's bed from Casper Mattress. So comfy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty rough. We don't normally see that level of, I think, product placement in these movies, but Hey, it was I mean, great. if it gets this movie made, Look, I'm, I'm here for it. It was very easy to set up and uh, provide a professional looking website for always and forever Christmas. There you go. The movie transitions to Lucy trying to just get through the next two weeks. She learns that her buyer is stuck in Chicago due to a snowstorm. Maybe a little bit of Christmas mag- magic there, Jesse. It's never explicitly said, but Carol, we've seen, has supernatural powers. Maybe maybe a Carol situation. But Lucy is, so Lucy is stuck in Stowe, Vermont. She can't meet with her buyer. She can't close the sale uh, for two weeks until Christmas. And so she says, all right, well, I'm here. I'm just going to try and get through this. But Carol keeps tricking Lucy into doing more and more Christmassy things. So first we see that Lucy is in the store and Carol asks her to pick out the perfect gift for a customer who comes in. Mm -hmm. Now this I, I thought was a really interesting sequence because it ties back to Lucy's past in that her grandfather was famously in this town known for being able to pick the perfect Christmas present. Anyone who walked in the door, they left with exactly what they were looking for, even if they didn't know what they were looking for themselves. That's right. So a woman comes in and uh, says, hey, I need I need some help picking out a Christmas present. And Carol kind of elbows, nudges, winks, winks to Lucy, says, Lucy, can you pick something out? Lucy kind of totters around the store a little bit, looking at different things, and lands on one of the most interesting choices that I've seen a leprechaun nutcracker. Yeah, it was. I didn't even realize what it was, but watching it, I was shocked uh, that I was like, "Why is this? Why does this Nutcracker have red hair? That's a bold choice." <laughs> and she's like, "I don't know why you would like this because this is the Asian woman has come in asking this question, right?" Mm-hmm. She's like, "I'm not sure, given, but I think given no hints towards no hints, what she might no hints of what she wants." So she says, "Hey, here's this redheaded Nutcracker wearing green clothes." I should have realized it was a leprechaun, but it was just so... It's a leprechaun nutcracker. It's so out of place. I was it's confused. weird. It was a it was weird item. And so she hands it. She's like, sort of, she's weirded out. She's like, I don't yeah. know why, but I just feel like this is the right thing. And uh, the woman's like, oh my God, she starts crying. She's like, my daughter-in-law is just married into the family and the script is for her. And um, my family actually collects nutcrackers as a thing that they do. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a tradition that you could have. They enjoy yep, it. for sure. 
Yeah, you get themed nutcrackers every year. And this is going to remind her of her home from Ireland. So the leprechaun nutcracker is the perfect gift. <laughs> and I think it's just the movie telling us that, like, trust Lucy, What, however weird the present is, it's actually going to connect in some poignant way yeah. to, to the person's life story. And she needs no information to do this. Yes. There's a sound of jingle bells, and then whatever the item is appears on the shelf underneath her hand as That's she right. goes to pick it off the shelf. That's it's right. incredible an incredible power first of all this is uh is this like the uh harry potter sword of requirement what is that jacob the room of requirement the room of requirement yes. yeah it has exactly what you need exactly when you need it that's right and so it, it, this store is the store of requirement basically what we're saying exactly but only for christmas presents so the the the, the next sort of section of the movie is carol continually signing Lucy up for things to do Christmas-related things. So yeah. so Lucy's very focused on, like, hey, we need to sell out the inventory. Like, I don't want things left over. We need to get rid of all this stuff. How do I do that? And Carol's like, no, but don't you want to go to the tree lighting? I've already signed you up, <laughs> right? Uh, don't you want to, like, decorate some trees right now? Mm, that's what you have to do right now. We need help. <laughs> And so, so Lucy's always being reluctant to do these different things, and Carol is just sort of finagling her in by signing yeah. her up, volunteering her for stuff, to be part of these Christmas traditions and get more into being in Stowe, Vermont. And, and I think that this is really one of the things that I enjoyed about this movie is that it really gets a small town shine. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Previous movies, like Sweet Mountain Christmas, that have a small town, the small town feels weird and aggressive and uncomfortable to be in and you can see yeah. why they left this small town is very welcoming is very friendly everyone knows each other everyone is having a good time doing these christmas events and we yeah. learned that forever christmas and lucy's grandfather were instrumental in holding this town together her That's grandfather right. was at every single one of these christmas events of which there That's are right. several dozen yeah and even during the year he was holding like christmas and july celebrations yeah and just really, really important figure. And Carol is helping Lucy kind of step into that role. That's right. Well, and forcing one of Lucy the, to step into it. One And one of the things that she sends Lucy to do is to go to the town's traditional, the tree trimming, which is opened by the mayor. And he says, you know, welcome again to our traditional 12 days of Christmas. I knew you were going to bring this up, Jesse. Yeah. And so... It turns out that in Stowe, Vermont, in this movie, they put an ornament on the tree representing each day of the 12 days of Christmas leading again up to Christmas. And just frankly, look, words have meaning, people. 12 days of Christmas has a very <laughs> particular meaning. And we've messed it up again. We have yet to see a movie. We've seen 12 days of Christmas, 12 things of Christmas over and over again in these movies. And, and none of them have started on Christmas. They always end at Christmas. So... Look, I don't know why we keep doing it, but they, they put up uh, a partridge ornament. So it's yeah, clear they're going to be putting up two, two ornaments on the next day, and then three, and so on. I, I gotta say that when people decide to do these kind of events, they never think about the middle. They always get to five golden rings, and they're like, this is a fun event. This will be fun. They don't get to eight maids of milking, Jesse. How do you represent eight maids of milking look, on a Christmas tree? Eight maids of milking? It, look, you can make ornaments of anything. Okay. I feel like you could pretty easily this... make it. I'm not sure it would be a great ornament. <laughs> I'm just but... saying this tree is gonna be is gonna be very cow heavy at, at the end of this thing. 
All right, you've got eight cows up there getting milked. The important thing here, of course, is that uh, Lucy, you know, goes to this event because Carol has has encouraged her to go, and uh, Scott is actually putting up uh, the ornament, um, and so she runs into Scott again, and he comes over to talk to her because you know obviously he's already attracted to her, and she's talking to him, and here's the thing, Jacob, that I wanted to bring up for you. Uh, she says, oh, you're not only a diner owner and manager and cook, but also a Christmas ornament. I don't know what word she is, like ornament putter upper or something. Or ornament hanger. Ornament hanger. Think, yeah. And he was like, yes. And I, here's what I'm trying to say, Jacob. What I've learned from these movies is it makes you more attractive to women if you have <laughs> multiple jobs. Okay, so if you're wearing a lot of hats, you're, you're a multitasker, women from the big city that have come to your small town are going to be more attracted to you. You're, you know, you're an architect, you're a snowplow driver, you're a mayor, you're a yeah. diner owner, you're all of these different things. Ornament uh, hanger, which ornament I, hanger. I think is an unpaid position, but still, you know, you want to put it's that a volunteer. on LinkedIn. Volunteer work is, is yeah. very valuable, I think, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so okay. Lucy and Scott keep running into each other because instead of just getting Wi-Fi for her store, she's just continuing going over to the cafe to build her brand and the website. Scott is also coming over to Always and Forever Christmas just to sort of talk, you know, talk to Lucy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in one of these conversations, you know, Carol actually pulls Scott in and she says, hey, Scott, uh, it, and I also like this a lot. Like, it was very clear that Carol was sort of like, hey, Lucy, Scott's pretty cute, right? Yeah. Don't you think Scott's cute? I think Scott is cute. What a cutie, right? It's like amazing work from Carol to be like, at once, like, not like it, it was very awkward in a way where you couldn't call her out on it. But she was just, you know, she was masterful. Way. She masterful. was masterful in this. I think that we use the phrase agent of chaos, Christmas chaos, <laughs> which perfectly encapsulates what she was doing. Because it was just like something crazy is going to happen and it's going to have a Christmas feel. Right. Yeah. So she gets Scott and she's like, Scott, I, we need to think of more ideas uh, about how we can do Christmas stuff in Stowe, Vermont. You know, you're a local business leader. Lucy's a local business leader. Let's have dinner together. Uh, of all of us, the three of us, and we'll brainstorm some ideas of how we can really do more events that then will will lead to us being able to sell more inventory and have more Christmas. So then we cut to uh, Lucy and Scott at a fancy restaurant, and they're dressed up, and, and Scott's, they're like, hey, I thought we were having like a pitch meeting, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is a weird place. We could have just done this in the diner. Yeah, like, we could have done this at here. the diner. I own a restaurant, right? <laughs> also, I feel like Scott should have known the people who own that restaurant, right? I mean, yeah, he's in the yeah. restaurant business in Stowe, and it turns out that Carol is not going to come, and she has just set them up on this date. Yeah. Um, so Very clever. So they realize what has happened, and they just decide to enjoy the date. They have a walk back to the store, to her apartment, and are having a great time. One of the things that I liked about this walk is that they actually go to a real life nativity scene which is not something that we've seen in any other movies but is a important part of a lot of people's christmas celebrations they have several people from the town standing in the place of the three wise men mary and joseph the baby jesus and mm -hmm. it's, it was just a really nice moment and again representing this kind of small town demeanor that a lot of these people have. Scott knows all the people in the nativity scene. They have a short conversation. 
and it's just it's really pleasant and something that i really liked about about the movie yeah it was great so then uh, we get more shots at the store where lucy is continuing to find perfect presence for other people being pushed uh by carol we also have a subplot that we haven't gotten into which is that randall who is the assistant at the store has a crush on the postal worker whose name is rose who comes in and delivers packages to the christmas store also unclear why the christmas store is getting so many packages when their inventory is clearly refreshed magically also how are you keeping inventory in a magical store where the perfect (laughs) gift is just magically appearing i don't know so what randall's job actually is is unclear to me but randall has this crush on rose and and carol and and lucy you know it's very cute they're like oh randall maybe you should go talk to her and they always have these sort of very awkward interactions every day mm-hmm. i i will say i'm not sure why he's still awkward he must see her every day for yeah. years yes right and maybe she's just become the postal worker and so i don't know the next big uh tradition that we see is actually a christmas ornament raffle the store you go to the store to always and forever christmas you put in money, you get an ornament, and then at the big Christmas party at the Snowball, which is the town sort of formal dance event, you get prizes and you've kept your ornament and it has a number on it. And so as part of this, Lucy says, hey, you know what, Randall, I have a feeling you should just get this one. We it's also... accompanied by the jingle bell sound as yes. the idea that this is a perfect magically present. perfect gift. yeah and they're like hey so why don't you know why aren't you talking to rose more and he's like you know i just really wish i could go on one date with her right right so it's clear that somehow this ornament is gonna get him a date with rose um we also learn at this time that on, on one of the interactions between lucy and scott that scott has a brother matt who is a globe trotting worker business traveler and that they just since their parents died his brother has not come home for Christmas, even though that they have a close relationship, but his brother's just always on business travel. Yeah. He's a right? real he's a real Jesse in the situation, I would say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think here's the thing. First of all, <laughs> I was in an airport watching this movie, and I called you, and we said, like, hey, do you see yourself more as a Matt or as a Scott? Yeah, I'm and, clearly the Scott. And you, you are just clearly the Scott in this situation. Um, Absolutely. One of us is going to be in an airport, and the other one of us is going to be at an antique store. And I think <laughs> it's just clear who, who that is. Look, i got to find the perfect gift, Jesse. I'm shopping. I'm shopping early. I'm shopping hard. I'm getting my list knocked out. I don't even know why early. people are going to the store in December, because they should have already finished their Christmas list. It is list, poor okay? planning. But look. Poor planning. Look, all I'm saying is you might be getting a sweatshirt from Cincinnati, from the <laughs> airport shop, okay? It's a little stuffed bear. The perfect present for you is a little stuffed bear with a Cincinnati shirt. I just got, um, I also, I gotta say that I, I feel so bad for the people who came into the store December 11th before Lucy showed up, because the people who showed up after Lucy showed up got Getting life-changing way presents. Better presents. <laughs> way better presents. These people are like, you have profoundly and forever altered the course of my destiny with this yeah. present yeah. and the person before them was like oh i got a snow globe with a santa and a corvette so yeah. i'm sure i'm sure my my estranged son will love this yeah, yeah so it's... so the snowball arrives scott and lucy go they're actually in charge uh carol has signed them up for the snowball Again. 
to put them in charge of the Christmas ornament raffle. Uh, so they have to show up because they're going to be presenting the Christmas ornament raffle. Um, Lucy then worries that she doesn't have the right thing to wear because she wasn't planning on going to a snowball in a formal yeah. attire. And uh, <laughs> this is my favorite part. Carol's like, you know what? I might have just a thing. And she goes and brings out like a dress box like from a department store, like a wrapped yeah. gift. And apparently just has this ball gown that happens to fit Lucy. Yeah, it's a perfect fit. Like, this is very tailor-made for her. Cinderella, fairy godmother Carol just coming through. So Lucy and Scott go to the ball. Scott is obviously blown away by how, like, attractive Lucy is in this formal ball gown. They're having a bit of banter. Then they have to go up and present the, the ornament raffles. And, and Jacob, here is where we need to really pause and get into this, because I thought <laughs> this was the most authentic touch of the whole thing. So the mayor okay. saying, great, we're at our, you know, one of our favorite sm- small town, Stowe, Vermont Christmas traditions, which is the ornament raffle, and everyone's clapping. Um, and, then, and then Lucy and, and, and Scott get up to, to present the, the prizes, and they say, okay, the winner of the first prize is number, you know, 27 or whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. And the person's really excited, and they come up, and, and, and Scott goes, and what have they won? It's a free spa day at Escape Spa on 2nd Street. <laughs> I was like, this is so perfect, right? Like, this is such a, like, just such a detail of, like, that's exactly what the prize would be in, a, like, a small yeah, town. Yeah. Right. You go you go around to all the small business owners and you say, can you offer something up for this That's town right. event? So you probably right. have a gift basket from the lotion store that has a bunch of different Jacob. lotions. Okay, okay. so then let's get to this. So then the next thing, they go, okay, second prize is number 32. And it turns out that uh, Randall and Rose both have 32. So Randall goes up. He's like, I won. Uh, this is really exciting. First of all, should the store employees be no, part of the definitely, raffle? No, the, definitely this not. Is, this I is clearly a, a conflict of interest. I think there's a rule there. But nobody says anything. Um, so Randall goes up, and Rose also goes up, and she's like, I think there's been a mistake. Like, I also have 32. And she was, like, excited. She's a little bit deflated. Um, mm-hmm. And Scott's like, well, I hope it's something that you guys can share. And, oh, luckily, it's dinner for two at Pasquale's. Right? Pasquale's. Yeah. And, and so then they now can go, and she's like, and Randall's like, oh, do you want to go to dinner with me? We could go. And she's like, yes, yes. And she's obviously very into him also. Mm-hmm. So they now have their date, and he's gotten his Christmas magic wish. And Lucy, for many, many times after this, is like, I'm really sure that I didn't do multiple numbers. Like, she just keeps sort of questioning the magic here. This is one of the things that's sort of charting to prove to her that she has this family gift that Carol keeps telling her about. About It's like the magic, Christmas magic is real, right? Yes. Uh, my other favorite thing here is that uh, Lucy and Scott, after doing the thing, decide to slow dance. They slow dance, and it's snowing inside. <laughs> How did that happen? Why is no one... And they're like just like smiling, <laughs> slow motion, soft focus dancing, slow dancing... And it's snowing. What is this? Where did the snow come from? They're inside. Jesse, that's not even the best part. My favorite is that they're slow dancing to Silent Night. <laughs> well, okay, that is one of the most romantic slow jams that we've heard of all time. In fact, we might we might need to redo our theme song. We might need to get Mr. J. Great from Fiverr. Shout out to him. What a great theme song. Um, 
We may need to get him to do a oh version of Oh Silent Night that we can then romantically <laughs> slow dance to. That's this, it, it's such a weird choice. It's not an, by any stretch of the imagination romantic. Uh, it's just slow. Like they, they just were like, what's a slow Christmas song? And they just picked Silent Night. Jacob, Silent Night is my jam. Alright, turn it's, the lights down a It's talking about the birth of Jesus. Like, it's not a romantic, danceable song. It's a consequence. Right? <laughs> um, anyway, anyway. They have this slow dance. Uh, they go home. They, they see that there's mistletoe there, and there's a charged moment. And Scott does not kiss her. Scott and does not she kiss goes her. inside. And they're yeah. both sort of disappointed by that. Uh, the next day, we meet Scott's brother, Matt. Matt actually shows up. I was not expecting this. Matt came out of nowhere. He was a great character, too. And they had real chemistry. Uh, real, uh, you know, they really felt like brothers. They were ribbing each mm-hmm. other. They were messing with each other. But they clearly mm-hmm. had a, a lot of affection for each other. Um, and he's just saying, like, look, man, you've stayed here. And Lucy, you're clearly like Lucy. Like, you should go for it. Based on Matt's urging, Scott then sets up his diner with, like, romantic candles and asks Lucy to come over, and then she goes over, and she's like, what's up? And he's like, hey, you should stay in town. I know you're only supposed to be here for two weeks, but, you know, maybe you should move from L.A. to here. Which I thought was a strong opening in the negotiation. Yeah, Yeah. it's not like, hey, maybe stay a little bit longer. Do you think that that is what Matt meant? (laughs) I don't think that's what Matt meant. (laughs) I, I think, mean, that's what he said. Scott, I think Scott. I think Scott misinterpreted what Matt meant. I'm just sticking up for Matt here, okay? I think Matt was saying you should just ask her out, like be like, "Hey, can we start a relationship? Maybe we should see where this goes." Yes. Not move your life to Stowe, Vermont, from L.A. <laughs> yeah, not not go over to her house, pelt her window with snowballs, get her to come outside at 11 p.m. Yeah. Set up ca- set up candles across the street. He's blocking traffic. I know it's it's late and it's still Vermont at Christmas, so there's not going to yeah. be a lot of traffic. Mm. But he's got candles in the street, Jesse. Yeah. So and then bring her over and then entreat her to, with and without saying, "Hey, I love you" or or anything. Yeah. He's like, he's like, "Hey, maybe you should just quit your job there and come and live here." Yeah. And it's just it's very very forward. And Lucy does not react well. She's like, my whole life is in L.A. Like, I can't I can't get up and move to Stowe just because I've had a good few days here. Which, yeah. very level-headed, very rational, I thought. So, we this is where the movie is turning back away from Christmas magic. Because you feel like mm-hmm. the big romantic gesture, that's where the magic usually comes in. The person is convinced. Yes. But Lucy, very reasonably, is like, no. Right? <laughs> And so the next day, the the big business guy from the athleisure store in Chicago shows up and he's like, I've got the paperwork here, Lucy, you need to sign the paperwork and you can sell the store. And Lucy's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I've really liked the last two weeks, but this is why I'm here, right? Like I'm here to yeah. sell the store. I'm going to make all this money. Um, I'm going to be able to continue. My parents my job. can retire. My parents can retire to California. I'm going to go back to California with them to where my real job is. Um, and yeah. this will be great. As she's trying to sign the paperwork, uh, Carol is, like, making various magical chaos things happen. <laughs> like, the, the, the window magically opens and the wind blows the papers everywhere. He spills coffee, uh, or, or hot cocoa, actually, onto all the papers. He's, like, trying <laughs> them out. And he's just 
he's got to get that deal through. This guy is a very focused businessman because like all these things happen and he's just like powers through. Right? Jesse, you don't become you don't become one of the greatest athleisure companies in the world expanding into such diverse markets as Stowe, Vermont without having that kind of can-do go-getter attitude that That's he true. displays in this scene. Yeah, it was, right? it was great. So she signs the paperwork so the, the store has now been sold. Yeah, it's officially right. deal is closed. He says deal you'll get your closed. money at the end of the week, which that'll, you know, that'll be it. And but it's very clear that this is final. Like this store is is gone. Yeah. And we get we get a moment where Carol is trying to say, you know, how, don't you believe in Christmas magic? Don't you believe in in Christmas? Mm -hmm. And the guy says, "No. When I was 7, I yeah. asked my parents for a present, and it was the only thing I'd ever asked for, and they didn't get it for me." And, after and Jacob, that, I at that moment, you started anymore. wondering what the present was going to be because we know this store is going to provide. Yes, yes, obviously. What was your I'm guesses thinking, at that time? I was thinking like a like an expensive robot, you know, one of those like Robbie the Robot toys mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, you know. Moves I thought it was going to be a bike. Arms. You thought a bike? Yeah, and I thought it was going to be really been, funny because he was going to be this funny. adult man trying to ride a set bike size for a seven year old. He's <laughs> got little training wheels on. Yep. it. Yeah, that was my thought. He's ringing the bell. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> He's crying, just crying. I wish I had this 40 years ago. <laughs> Matt shows up, uh, and we've also heard this story from Scott previously, how the furthest Scott has been away from Stowe, that he's like a hometown person, right? He's just stayed mm -hmm. in Stowe. And the furthest he's gone is the Grand Canyon when uh, his family went there when they were kids, and he actually took Matt's favorite toy and threw it in the Grand Canyon, which, by the way, we cannot condone, is a federal crime. Do yeah. not litter at the Grand Canyon. That's horrible. The, the kids should have been arrested, Jesse. I feel like this would have been a very different movie. And uh, So, importantly, it's Matt who steals Scott's toy. That's right. And throws it in the in the canyon. Okay, um, if I reverse that, I apologize. Yeah. No, so, it's, it's, it's important because it comes in. Yeah, so Matt shows up at the Christmas story to say, look... You know, I was in Montreal, I just came down here sort of unexpectedly, so I don't have a present for Scott. I need a gift for him. And so Lucy does her magic and finds a viewfinder toy. So, you know, one of those ones yeah. that the view master, where you click it and it rotates the slides. It has a wheel, a wheel yeah. of slides that spins around and you can see different photos. And Matt is like, how did you know? Did Scott tell you this story? She's like, well, I knew I heard about the Grand Canyon, but I don't, we didn't know what the gift was. And it turns out that this Viewmaster is the thing that Matt had thrown, that stolen from Scott at the Grand Canyon and thrown into the Grand Canyon. Yeah. So it's a, it's a replica of this, so it's, it's perfect. Um, Lucy is having a lot of regrets about the deal, um, and she's yeah, calling especially him Especially like, seeing, seeing how much this has affected Matt. Like, and, this, yeah. is, this is a, a present that is going to bring together these two estranged brothers. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. And she realizes the power that this Christmas store has and knowing that a viewfinder is not something that would ever by any means be in a Christmas store. Mm -hmm. This is definitive solid proof to her that this magic is real. Mm -hmm. And she accepts that, internalizes it, and is like, I've made a huge mistake. I can't sell this store. I need to continue this store because magic is real. And I need, I have a part in that. Yeah. Which I, I thought a very selfless decision to make. She's losing out on a lot of money here in this sale and you know is going to have to go and and eat crow to this business owner in order to in order to get the store back yeah and uh she tries she she calls him up she but says jacob hey, we've already learned this owner the new owner a runs an athleisure company and he wants to put in a hot yoga studio 
and he doesn't understand Christmas. So, yeah. look. she She's out of luck. He says, don't make me the bad guy in this. Yeah, you you did it. You sold me the store. The store deal is done. He is the bad guy. Absolutely the bad guy. I don't know why he's saying don't make me the bad guy. I just think he should lean in. He's a middle-aged Ebenezer archetype, if I were yeah. going to mm-hmm. put, yeah. it, put it out there. Um, <laughs> so, he's trying to leave town, and Carol does a variety of magical uh, coincidences so his driver there's traffic and the bridge is out and they the, have to the, actually the, it's icy the it's bridge ice is over again this is why i think that carol may have caused the snowstorm in yeah. chicago that kept the businessman away in the first place is because yeah. she clearly has weather control she does a variety of things his his car breaks down right in front of for always and forever christmas and then she's like don't you want to come inside and have hot cocoa and he's like i guess there's a scene yeah. where Matt gives Scott the gift. He Mm. gives Scott the viewfinder. Yeah, before we get to this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He gives Scott the viewfinder, and Scott goes over to a a Christmas display window and pulls out a viewfinder reel. And he hands it to Matt, and he says, this is what I was looking at all the time at the Grand Canyon. This is why you got so angry with me that you threw threw my viewfinder into the Grand Canyon. And it's all pictures of Matt and Scott as kids enjoying Christmas together. That they're playing together, they're opening presents, and there's this connection okay. where Matt realizes you you really care for me. Like you you love me so much that it caused this estrangement. Why were we why was I doing this? Why was I upset? You know? And he says, Alright, I'm gonna be here every Christmas from now on, but you know who else needs to be here every Christmas is Lucy. Because that girl clearly has magic powers. Yeah. So you got to go and you got to make things right. You got to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. She's magical. So, so here's the thing. So the, the owner comes back in and Lucy's like, well, let me just give you a gift. Last gift that we're going to do here at the store. Cause we're closing and you're buying it. And she reaches onto the shelf. We hear the little jingle bells and she pulls out a live dog. It looks like a Shih Tzu maybe. <laughs> or I don't know. What kind of dog. It was a small, crazy. one of the, a live dog and she hands it to him and he's crying and he's like this is exactly the type of dog i wanted when i was seven who what is with these movies and like just handing people dogs like here's this dog that you now you know kiara has to go back to chicago he doesn't have a dog carrier he doesn't have dog food what is he supposed to do with this dog also it is insane that this magic can bring to life (laughs) living creatures wait like that's crazy yeah, okay, we're gonna, this, this is, is my Christmas confusion. We're going to get into it later, but God, was, what a weird it was amazing. ability. It was amazing. It was a truly <laughs> jaw-dropping, shocking moment. Yeah, she reaches nice. onto, it's like an upper shelf. She reaches onto the shelf and pulls out a dog. dog. It was a dog. And the dog is oh like, my God. He, she hands it to him and the guy is like crying. He's so excited. Oh my God, that was nuts. That was the, that was the most crazy thing we've seen in a movie so far. It's, I don't know how to top that either. I can't think of something that will be a bigger twist. Um, so anyway, okay. so uh, this happens and he realizes that Christmas is important. So he agrees to cancel the sale. Lucy has decided to continue owning the store um, because it's important to change people's lives through giving them yeah. good Christmas presents. And I think in one of the most... In one of the most moving scenes of this movie, yeah. they head outside. The guy's like, you gave me this dog. I'm, I'm really conflicted about d- canceling the sale. You know, I love the dog. And now I'm starting to feel a Christmas spirit. They walk outside and the whole town has gathered. 
to sing a terrible rendition. <laughs> Wasn't um, it a bridged rendition? I think it was a shortened re- a bridged rendition. Oh my god! It's they they come out. They're singing the the Unlike town it. led by Scott is yeah. caroling. Yeah, Silent Night. <laughs> yeah. Here's it's the thing, Jacob. Off key. It's Jacob, not good. He, here's the thing. Unlike a Christmas Carol, I don't think Silent Night should ever be abridged. All right, and I think... you're the one who didn't want to have this half hour discussion, Jesse. We can do that. All right, all right. I'll edit so, it out. <laughs> and now we're back. <laughs> it was a great discussion. I still think I'm right. Um, the new orders decided to cancel deal. Store is saved. We then flash forward a year later to the next Christmas. This is perhaps the biggest twist of any yeah. of these Christmas movies so far. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? I thought that they were going to be living and running the store. Yeah, in I thought I thought that they were go- that she was going to be running the store, uh, yeah. having sold her or quit her job and and living now as the full time owner manager of this Christmas store. Yeah. That is not what happens. No, Lucy and Scott <laughs> moved to L.A. Scott opens a restaurant in L.A. He's selling avocado toast. <laughs> Yeah, they're engaged, and Randall is the one, so they still own the store, but Randall is the one running it, uh, and yeah. they just come back for the holidays. Here's my question. The whole store is based on, business model is based on Lucy being able to pull out the perfect present. Why is she still in L.A.? Here's my thought, Jesse. Mm. My thought is that there's something special about the 12 days leading up to Christmas, right? Or like the mm-hmm. month of December, and so 90, 95, 99% of people buy their gift in the last few weeks leading up to Christmas anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's fine if the store is non-magical 11 months out of the year. And then she yeah. shows up when people really need her. She's able to, to dole out Christmas presents like nothing. Okay. Um, that's, I, my, that's my thought anyway. That was my interpretation. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the movie... And I think it's now time to discuss what we were confused about in it. So let's move to our segment, Christmas Confusions. Say what? So we just took a little bit of a break. Uh, we were doing some globe trotting on my brother's part. And so you may notice a slight change to the audio. Don't worry about that. It's a little bit of Christmas magic. You know, here's the thing. Right before we got to Christmas Confusions, I realized I had a job to do mm-hmm. in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, and I had to stop and get this snow globe. Oh, my God. As you can see right here. I don't know if you can... If you can yeah, I can actually I can see it. We, maybe we can take a picture of that. It's beautiful. Uh, it's just a little Christmas We'll put that up magic. on our Twitter when we release the episode. It was in the, it's in the air, airport gift shop, so I had to pick that up. And hopefully, I think this is almost the exact one that I threw into the Delaware River it, when we were there visiting it. Jesse, children. Jesse, look underneath the snow globe. You'll it see says, it's a picture of us. It is a picture of us. That's amazing. <laughs> it, That's that little, was why little, I was playing with that snow globe the yeah, whole time. Uh, you know what? I thought you just liked snow globes, but now I realize it was a symbol to you of, you know, us being brothers. So it's great. Yeah. There you go. Christmas well, you, magic. Justin. You didn't Jacob. No, you didn't give that to me. You, you have that. You're in Michigan now. I'm in I'm in New England. So I don't have that. Oh, I, I'm keeping this. This is not for you. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. It's, I, I feel like that a great undermines picture. the spirit a bit a little bit. You, but Jacob, I just pulled this off a magic shelf. You think I'm gonna give this away? 
What? Maybe you misunderstood the point of that movie. Yeah, if I'm going into the magic Christmas tree shop, I'm going to go and buy myself a present. <laughs> well, buy is a, yes, yes, you're going to purchase it. Yeah. They're also, if it's magically appearing, they're not paying for it, which makes me think that they have unlimited profit potential now that we've we've spoken about it. Also, okay, we need well, to get into our Christmas confusion. Let's just do our Christmas. So this, this we're already Christmas. deep into this segment. Yeah. This segment, of course, every week when we watch these movies, we, we've just talked about how much we like this movie and went through the plot. But now we need to talk about what were the few small things that confused us about this movie. So, Jacob, what confused you about this movie? I mean, we were just talking about how the magic itself is very confusing. There's a lot about it that confuses me. Namely, this is a potentially limitless source of matter, right? Violating many laws of thermodynamics. Uh, you know, you're being Jacob, an Jacob, you're calling them laws. Sure. I think the textbook I had called them suggestions of thermodynamics. <laughs> and specifically, there was a Christmas exception. Now, you have yeah. to think about it this way, Jacob. The laws of thermodynamics, you have to have a closed, you know, control volume. All right? You're considering the right. volume. Right. So only within this volume. And I think, frankly, the rules of magic within the store... It is not a closed system, so, you know, the conservation of mass laws, conservation of energy laws uh, don't apply, mainly because of the St. Nick uh, loophole. So that, that makes sense. But yeah. my, my, second, my second question here, Jesse, is if this magic is truly capable of getting the perfect Christmas present, yeah. well, the perfect Christmas present for me mm-hmm. is cure for cancer. So okay. what am <laughs> What? Why are what we store looking? Should I? So you're saying I have to drive to Vermont? So that yeah, drive to over? drive to Vermont. Okay. Go on the shelf, pick up a stack of scientific journal articles from the future detailing the cure for cancer. You sure? Why? You sure it wouldn't be like just one cure for cancer, like a vial, and only one person could be cured for cancer? I mean, I would take it because then we could reverse engineer it. At mm-hmm. the very least, having it. I just there. There's so much potential here so, for so Jacob. Unlimited what you've things. just She's what you've just books. admitted to me here, yeah, is that engineers are the ones that could be responsible for cancer, not biologists for curing cancer. What I'm saying is, Jesse, is yeah. that if you built a time machine which could go into the future and yeah. get the cure for cancer already made, I would I would certainly appreciate that, yeah. and I would accept the paradox that would ensue. Mm. But mm-hmm. the fact that she's using this incredible magic in order to get viewfinders that could be purchased on ebay for like 15 bucks is insane to me well they're quite more than 15 bucks actually i've looked for these in the past i didn't do a deep <laughs> dive on viewmasters uh myself because you did throw mine into the grand canyon and yes. i still think you haven't replaced it so if it was 15 dollars, maybe just you know my address to ship it over you're here. not getting one you're not getting one jesse <sighs> All right. You can go back. You can drive yourself to the Grand Canyon and pick it up out of the Yeah, and I'm going to inform the the ranger about how I got there. Okay, (laughs) so just be aware of that. Anyways, yes, I mean, completely weird. The magic is very confusing. A lot of the magic happened, and then it turns out that it needs Carol to nod to happen also, maybe, for, like, the coincidences. Like, the Mrs. Claus magic is different than the magic of the store, but it's the same source somehow. I think that the source is the... You know, Spirit of Christmas? The, it's the Christmas force. You know, much like okay. the Flash has the speed force. This is the Christmas force. Okay. And different Christmas wizards can tap into that force in mm. different ways. You mm-hmm. know, for our main character, 
Lucy, she's tapping into it by selecting and manifesting the perfect gifts. For Mrs. Claus, who has access to a much deeper well of magic, she mm-hmm. can affect the weather, she can summon hot chocolate and cookies, mm-hmm. she can make fire appear. She could probably bring back the dead. I think that would fall under Jacob, Christmas magic. So, so let me ask you something. If we were to model the Christmas force, would that be like spirit times generosity? Or what yeah, exactly? Yeah, you got to consider it. I'm, I would model it as a vector field, Jesse. Okay, sure. And the closer you get to the Norse full. Yeah. Okay. Is that why it's stronger in Stowe, Vermont? Because it's further north? I think I think it's got to be. You're not. It, so this if doesn't we take set place this in, in Vancouver, in Florida, yeah, Vancouver. I mean, would be. Let's go to Yellowknife, Jesse. Let's look at yeah. the Christmas tree stores in Yellowknife. Like they've there got to be go. insane. Yeah, you got to get really good presents there. Imagine getting the perfect viewmaster <laughs> here in the snow. You go further north, it's going to get amazing stuff. So yeah. Well, okay, Jacob. This brings me to my second confusion. Okay. okay. What's your What's your confusion? My confusion here is the town of Stowe, Vermont. All right. Okay. Now, I know what you're expecting here. You're expecting me to say something maybe about Zillow. Yeah. Right? Yes. And how stores in Stowe, Vermont are really expensive because it's a tourist town with lots of ski lodges and areas around it. Yes. Okay. That was my first thought, but that's not where I went. The second thought, you're going to say, Jesse, hey, maybe you looked at the census data and realized there's only 201 residents in Stowe, Vermont, (laughs) of which, if I have the numbers here correctly, 170... 179 of them are white, non-Hispanic, and 22 are American, Indian, or Alaska Native, meaning there are zero black people or Asian <laughs> people in this town. So, you know, possibly, I don't know, Rose and Randall could have been indigenous First Nation Nations people. I mean, that's certainly possible. It was not clearly said, but I think there was definitely a lot of people there that were black and otherwise. So this is just not counted. So this is a magical version Yes. Of Stowe, Vermont. So so that would be the second thing you would say. Yes. But the real confusion here, Jacob, is looking at them on Google Maps. Why was Sweet Mountain Christmas not set in Stowe, Vermont? It's one road in, <laughs> one road out. Could easily be snowed in. Okay, it's a small, small town. Much smaller than Baxter, Tennessee. Okay, and my point here is uh, I think Laney Blue should have been based out of Stowe. <laughs> You know, which just made a lot more sense. Yeah, I mean, lots of lots of famous country singers, of course, coming from uh, rural Vermont. You know, you're looking at. Oh, I'm sure they're out there. I'm yeah, not none of them coming to the top of my head, but I'm sure lots of uh, bluegrass from <laughs> Vermont. That's true. That's true. It's a famous musical state. Well, it just it, it just makes me wonder, Jesse, how this Christmas store can survive in this place. Now, it's got the magic, right? But it hasn't had the magic since Lucy's grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. Because there's a large period of time in between Lucy's grandfather passing and Lucy coming and restoring the magic. How did that store survive during that time? I think right? it just operated as a regular store. There just weren't any life-changing presents. Here's the real thing, Jacob. The real thing is, if you look up where are there christmas country stores so like Mm year-round christmas stores Mm -hmm. okay the nearest one is in burlington vermont which has a population of about forty-five thousand. stowe vermont has a population of 200 jacob my point here being i don't think there's a large enough market to support a year-round christmas store there isn't because who's going to be there in the summer because there's 200 people there in the summer you've got 200 people but they're not spending enough to support even a single person very small christmas in july 
activity that happens. Yeah. It's not going to draw that many people. It's not. Very confusing stuff, Jesse. Very confusing mm-hmm. stuff. But I think you know what, Jacob? Uh, can we? Can we? Can we just say? Do we need a digression? We need a digression here. Can we just say a lot fewer confusions? Even though this movie was crazy. Yeah. All right. I mean, we already talked about how she picked a live dog off of the shelf. <laughs> she manifested a, a living creature. That's yeah. an insane power. I have never seen a so, power like that. So, so, so granted that this movie was insane. <laughs> And, oh, you know what else confusing? That no one questioned how insane Carol was the entire time. <laughs> like, she's doing insane things, and just everyone's like, oh, that's just Carol. Why didn't Randall be like, who is Carol? Yeah, I've never seen her before. We've never hired seasonal help like this. He should yeah. have realized that Carol wasn't, like, that was very weird. But still a lot fewer than every other movie that we have watched. <laughs> so this movie held it together a lot better. I don't know. Is that was Carol affecting us as the audience? I think it was just the internal logic was consistent, which is what we ask for mm. in a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm willing to accept the pyromancy, okay? As long as we've established that the pyromancer is Mrs. Claus and not just some random person, right? Yeah, so I mean, I think that's that is the problem with on the second day of Christmas is it's pretending that there's Christmas magic without really buying into yeah. or leaning into the fact that Santa is real. You have you, you can't fence it on this. You yeah. can't just slightly wink at the audience. You have to Carol style fully turn, say my husband is an import exports at a place way up north in order for me to buy into it. Okay, look, why are we why are we right. uh, pussyfooting so around here Jacob, about what, whether Christmas magic is real? <laughs> What did we learn about Christmas from Carol? What did Carol teach us about Christmas? Yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. can we just call her CC from now on? Because her name's clearly like Carol, Carol Claus. Claus, right? Yeah. Carol okay. Claus. All right. Uh, so what did we learn about? Let's get to our segment, the Christmas themes. Christmas themes are where we like to look at the message that each of these movies is trying to teach us because for well good, specifically the message about Christmas because we learned a exactly. lot of other things <laughs> um you know 12 men of Christmas was not at all about Christmas for example <laughs> yeah so we like to really dig deep into what these movies are telling us about Christmas and I think that this movie had actually a lot of very powerful messages about Christmas that I really appreciated. Number one, and I think carried throughout the movie, was the idea that Christmas is about giving, is about generosity. And we see this over and over again. First, Lucy has the magical power of giving the perfect gift. And we see how impactful giving these gifts is. The relationship between Matt and Scott has been troubled to say the least for years yeah it's unclear why though i mean he's traveling it's, but that's it it's right? not really clear why but the act of giving this gift that lucy has picked out for him really rejuvenates the whole relationship it allows them to come together to talk about the problems mm-hmm. that they had been having and reconnect and that side of generosity the reason why do we give gifts at christmas it's because we love each other and we love our family and our friends and we want to connect with them. And that message is in the gift giving. It's in the way Carol convinces Lucy to join all of the Christmas celebrations. They're doing raffles for charity. 
Yeah. It's a very powerful message that comes across again and again and is woven into every part of Look, this movie. Here's here's what I'm saying, Jacob. Now, if I wanted to manifest much the way Lucy manifests a live dog off of a shelf, mm -hmm. if I wanted to manifest the abstract idea of how much I care about you into a physical form. Right. And then give it to you for no cost mm -hmm. other than a strengthening of our relationship. Okay. I would simply get you either a dinner for two at Pasquale's or maybe yeah. a free spa at a skate spa on second street. And uh, yeah. I'd give that to you. And then you would know, Hey, he values me as much as twenty nine ninety nine, which is the cost of a free, you know, a spa at escape spa on second street. Jesse, the fact that you've even thought about this. Yeah. I feel closer to you than I have in a long time. And Jacob, you know it's what? no Viewmaster. It's no Viewmaster. Let's put it I'm that I'm going to come out there for Christmas, Jesse. I'm going to come out and see you for Christmas this year, okay? I've been putting it off for years, and this but year I'm going to do it. only if you're working nearby. <laughs> only, if, only if I have another reason to be in the area. <laughs> All right, so what else did we learn about Christmas? Okay. You know, so well, the other thing that we learned about Christmas, Jacob, I think, is this idea that Christmas is a special time of year mm -hmm. at which magic is possible. The laws of physics and other things are bendable. Mm -hmm. Probability no longer matters, right? And cars will break down in front of Christmas stores <laughs> at important points of the plot. And you can really resolve any anything just by believing in this Christmas spirit. Now, here's the thing. You have to believe in it. Yes. So if you ever got a bad gift as a child, you really want to power your way through that. Because your chances of getting the perfect gift go way down once you stop believing in the Christmas magic. Yeah. I'm... Also, you have to not realize that you could just go out and buy a dog at any time once you become an adult. <laughs> yeah. You have true. to realize that, that you're, you don't have that ability. Yeah. Especially if you're a big businessman from Chicago. Yeah. That, uh, he's he's got to get that dog back. That He's got to get it on the plane. He doesn't it's have a small dog, dog. It's a small dog. Jacob. He doesn't have a dog carrier. It's going to fit under the seat. They're going to allow it on. He, needs he to probably go flies first class. They'll give him a carrier. Oh, my God. This is You don't get people live animals as a gift. Okay? It's just not... She, it is magic. She does know. She does know exactly what he wants. I hope that they're going to accept this small dog I got you then back at the pet <laughs> store. Because it was expensive. <laughs> or I'm going to have is... two dogs and it's going to be not fun. <laughs> Ethically, is it okay for her to charge people for gifts that she manifests for free? Yeah, I don't know. Well, this like... this better go back in confusions. All right, yeah. so let's <laughs> let's go to the real reason why this movie I think outshone many of the other movies that we have seen. Yeah, and that reason is that it made so the key hypothesis of almost every Lifetime movie that original Christmas movie that we watched so far is that the small town is a better place to be at Christmas and in general than the mm -hmm. big city. Yes. It is this uh, yearning for the small town lifestyle that permeates most of these movies. And most of the movies that we have seen so far, the small town, for a variety of reasons, does not seem like that great a place to live. Yeah. I would say A Christmas Wish seemed like that was a pretty cool town to live in. Yeah, it had the bakery. It had, the, it had the that cafe. cafe. That cafe yeah. had a really great brunch. 
and the school seemed pretty good. At least the art teachers and choir teachers were great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we then we see places like Baxter, Baxter, like, yeah, like Flint. Baxter, Tennessee, Baxter which Mountain. it looks like I would never live there. The people there are mean and yeah. rude and aggressive for no reason. And we see places that have almost no personality, like we uh, saw in our most recent one, Merry Little Christmas, where the town has no personality at all. There's stuff that they go to, but there's no small town nature to it. They don't speak to other people who are there. They don't form connections or relationships with other people there. I mean, they're in the suburbs of San Francisco, though, right? Yeah. It it just doesn't feel like a place I'd want to live. Whereas Stowe, Vermont, it really seems like a nice place to live. It's a very diverse, at least in this movie. Magically. <laughs> it's a very diverse the magic pop. of Christmas. You know what happened, Jacob? The mayor was like, if we want to attract more people, we need a bigger population. All I want for Christmas is a bigger population and a diverse population. <laughs> so, and he just went to the store and her grandfather was like, just reached onto the shelf and pulled out a bunch of new citizens. Yeah, there you go. And there you go residents yeah it's a very diverse population it's a very pleasant one they do fun and exciting town activities everyone is happy and you know what it is here's what it is everyone has bought into stowe vermont yes okay yeah like everybody a everybody knows each other they're all nice to each other and like if you remember like the living nativity scene yeah they're like just 100 percent bought in they're like Oh, hey, Scott. Hey. And they're like saying hi to him. And they're like, okay, it's letting out now. We better get back into character. And then they all just go back into character yeah. as their statues. Perfect. 100% commitment. They've been standing out there for a while to be the nativity. Like they were frozen yeah. as statues when, when Scott and Lucy walked up. They, and they were frozen as statues when clearly when the church service started. So they've been there yeah. for an hour plus. And, yes. Yes. Absolutely. You have to respect that kind of drive, Jesse. I think this was, this was you know, really made me want to move to Stowe, Vermont. Or at the very least, splitting my time where I'm spending most of my time in L.A. And then, yeah. you know, if I have, uh, I go okay, to, for the holidays. Can we ask about the magic here? I have, I have one little mini Christmas confusion. I know <laughs> we've already done that segment. Yes. But I have one Christmas confusion. Okay. So at the end, the big twist is that Scott and Lucy actually live in L.A. Yes. So she continues to be a brand manager. Yes. So really, she never gave up the big city job. Correct. Okay. Who is getting magical presents at the shop? Only during does the magic only work for her I, during Christmas? I think what happens is that it's only the twelve yeah, days leading up I to think, Christmas. I think what happens is that normally most of the year, Randall is running yeah. the store and he does yeah. a very good job of giving people normal christmas gifts that they're looking for okay okay but everyone in the town knows yeah we're gonna wait until lucy's back in <laughs> town gonna, there's gonna be a, <laughs> a a sharp uptick in sales december yeah. 13th <laughs> all the all the locals know we're gonna come by december 13th december 14th lucy's back in town and people just start trickling that's when in the good presents that's when you get that's your presents. good presents well okay here's the other thing maybe it's just people who don't know what to get oh so if that's you know what to get yeah you go during the year. You could, you could go first of December. Randall can help you yeah. out. You already know, like, hey, I know Jacob's going to want a snow globe with a Corvette in it because he's a Corvette kind of guy. Absolutely. That, I'm, you know, I'm driving my Corvette all year. That's and, right. Uh, 
Top even down. in the snow, which is a little weird. Yeah. Because really, you should put it in a cover, put it in the garage. Yeah, no, it but... does not handle well on the ice, Jesse. It really doesn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I told you not to get a mid-engine car, but, you know, hey. You, I want what I, I want. You know what it is. Look, first of all, it's bad, but it's no Hyundai accent. Okay, so let's just be clear. I I, can't, I have no words that you would even consider it in the same class as the Hyundai accent, all right? 2017, of course. The 2018 <laughs> model year, a little bit better. Attraction, a little bit better in the snow. They lost. All right. The Hyundai lost me with that one, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. It was really... They really needed an overhaul. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I think this movie, the Christmas theme, magic is real in small towns at Christmas time, mm-hmm. and you use it to give people gifts. Yes. All right, I'm getting you a dog okay. for Christmas. As long as you show up at my house with the dog unannounced. Okay, and I'm not bringing the angel. Yeah, no angel. Bring the dog. With a dog. <laughs> okay, all right. We've worked that out. Schedule <laughs> that in. Pencil that in for next year. All right, so uh, with that, maybe we should segue to our holiday ham. Oh, Jesse. The holiday ham, every episode, we try to figure out is there an actor in this movie who is really just chewing the scenery, just really going ham in this movie? We don't always award the holiday ham. You know, every other That's segment true. we do every week. But the mm-hmm. holiday ham, you really got to earn it. That's right. And this week, for me, there yeah. was only one holiday ham. It was Beth Broderick. It was Carol, who was coming Jacob. in the pure Jacob. avatar of chaos. Jacob, I'm going to have to stop you <laughs> right there. Because I agree... I agree that Beth Broderick is the holiday ham. And frankly, I would like to believe that that is just who Beth Broderick is. I believe that she wasn't playing a character, that she actually is Mrs. Claus, that Mm -hmm. she has magic. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I think I also want to recognize a person who's playing a slightly smaller role. Mm -hmm. But in every scene he was in was A, very believable, totally enthusiastic, Mm -hmm. And all of the scenery had giant bites taken out of it. <laughs> okay? And that was the man who played the small town mayor of Stowe, Vermont. Oh, yes. Because he was 100% into every Christmas tradition. Yes. And he just looked excited to be there. It was amazing. So that, so that was... Me, a, it's the mayor. That was Darren Felble. Uh, yeah, Darren played Felble. Played Mayor Wilson what? in this movie. Such great work. All right? I, I I wanted to vote him for the mayor of Ann Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> I was like, I like the job they're doing here, but you know what? Could we get him on board? Because this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's really a testament to the the character that you wanted to go out and participate in the civic duties. Just mm-hmm. listening to him talk and listening to him be enthusiastic about all of these small town traditions. Here's the thing. Carol may have tricked me into being part of that Christmas tradition, but I was 100% happy to be there once I saw the mayor was there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. With that, let's move then to our New Year's resolutions. This week, as we do every year, we take, we set our resolutions and we pick one question from our Christmas confusions and we propose changes or tweaks to the movie that would then resolve those questions. So Jacob, which question do you want to try and resolve this year? Well, there are, there are a lot of them. 
obviously we could tackle the question of how Stowe, Vermont is manifesting in the, these different ways. You know, I think that an easy solution there is you just change the location. Much like with yeah. Baxter, Tennessee, you just pick a different yeah. city that's more appropriate mm-hmm. to what you're looking for. But for yeah. me, if I'm making this movie, if I'm a producer and I've seen the the first cut of this movie, I'm mm-hmm. going to t- take a look at the magic, Jesse. I'm going to say, okay. all right, let's go back. Let's do a couple reshoots. All we need to do is throw in a little bit more information about what are some of the limitations on this magic. Right now, I mentioned I would love to have Lucy go into the back and reach down and pull out a cure for cancer. I would also really understand if this magic Lucy understands maybe through flashbacks with her grandfather or through discussions mm-hmm. with Carol, that this magic only works at a certain time of year, you know, only during the 12 mm-hmm. days leading up to Christmas, or that this magic only works on gifts that are related to a deep desire of a person or a need or want something something that is a little bit more limiting than just like an unlimited supply of food for example yeah right yeah yeah. you know if someone's like i really want to solve the hunger crisis then they can't just lucy can't just go into the back and pull out uh, a billion calories worth of ready to ship food you know okay so here's here's i'm gonna i'm gonna build on what you've just said okay so i'm gonna say two things The first thing that I would change is, I actually think when you go to a store, so everyone has this experience, right? Mm -hmm. You go to the store, you can't find what you want. It's supposed to be there. The online, you know, inventory system says it's there. Mm -hmm. And you ask someone and they say, you know what? Let me go look in the back. Yeah. And there's that magical moment of anticipation as you're waiting for them to come back. And they're going to round the corner and they're going to have your thing or they're not going to have your thing. It's sort of this Schrodinger's product, if you will. Yes. Right, where it's going to resolve, they're going to collapse the wave function. They're going to either have the product or not have the product. There's that moment of anticipation, and I think that's a lot like opening a Christmas present for me. Right, you don't know what's inside. What's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a scarf? Is it going to be socks? Is it going to be a dog? What are you going to get? It's going to be a dog. <laughs> Is it going to be a snow globe? Who knows? Right. <laughs> then you open it, and that's the moment of joy right there. So I think that she, instead of reaching onto the shelf should have had, like, a magic back room that she went into. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? I think that would have been more believable. And so, so it had to be... in the back. It had to be something that fits into a room, into the back room there. Well, no, well, that, but also just the fact that, like, the dog on the shelf, you would have seen the dog. Yes. Right? Like, the dog's not going to sit still on the shelf. Right. That's not... Going into the back, you could believably be doing this magic, oh, I'm going to go see what we have in the back. Right. So I could see that happening. So then you could also pretend it's like a portal to the North Pole and there's like other things you could do. Yeah. The second thing I would change is I'm actually going to go in the other direction, okay. Jacob. I think she should have been doing crazier presents. Like I think it <laughs> should have been unlimited food. So I think there should have been like the food pantry has their shipment gets stuck in the snow because the snow gets snowed in. And she goes and she's like, oh, I just found a shipping container's worth of food <laughs> in the back. Grandpa like, must have stored it all back here. I don't know what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think that, like, I don't think that the presence, like, you know, leprechaun, nutcracker, that is a little bit weird, but believably in a Christmas store. Yes. The dog, not believably in the Christmas store, but it's it's enough that you're like, okay, but, like, it's a little bit weird, but it still sort of fits, right? Like, I think they should have gone big. Okay. 
and and really had like and maybe even monkey paw type situation where it's like almost too much present. Jesse, you realize what we right? created here is mm. needful things, the Stephen King story. <laughs> That's what we've arrived well, at. I you know, could go one of either <laughs> two ways, right? It's Christmas generosity or horror. It's it's one of those things. All right, well, that was our New Year's resolution, so I think it's now time for our white elephant exchange. A white elephant exchange is my favorite segment. Jesse, you and I love these Lockhams, as I call them, these Lifetime Original Christmas movies, in, in part because of the inventive way that they're created. Clearly, most of these movies... The writers have come up with a pun on the Christmas, for example, Christmas Reservations, Christmas Wish, Merry Little Christmas, and then they build a story based around the name that that they have come up with. What you and I like to do each week is take the title of our movie that we're looking at and try and determine what kind of movie would we come up with if the Lifetime execs came to us and said, hey, make a movie with the title... Always and Forever Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, Jesse, what would you do? I think here's the one I'm going to pitch to you. Okay. Okay? Okay. So, I'm going to pitch to you that Always and Forever Christmas is the story of two twins named Always and Forever that are separated at birth, Jacob. Their last name, of course. Christmas. Christmas. Yes. Okay. So, this is a story. It's going to start on December 13th. Okay. Okay. So we we open December 13th. Remember, we have two twins, identical twins, but one is male and one is female. Mm -hmm. Okay. So forever, the female twin, okay, is separated from her twin, always, who's the male twin. Mm -hmm. And she wants to get a job as an elf at a local Christmas store. Okay. Okay. Uh, Because she's down on her luck. Okay. Right. So she wants to get up, but that they are only hiring male elves. So she dresses as a male elf, pretends she's a guy mm-hmm. to get this job. Okay. Cause she's like, you know, on the streets. Um, and as she does this, uh, the business owner is like a hunky guy. Okay. Right. Not her brother. So this he, is, this is the, no, this guy. is the business owner okay. of the Christmas store. Okay. okay. So he hires her to be an elf and she's helping him out and you know, they become buddies. But again, he thinks that she's a guy. Okay. Right? So they become buddies. Now, this town has two rival Christmas stores. Okay. Okay. That are trying to compete for all of those kid dollars of coming and meeting with Santa and having the elves. Yes. Right. Um, now, this rival store is run by a local leading businesswoman. Okay. Okay. Of which the businessman who runs Forever Store, right, is in love with. So he. He sends Forever over to the other store, okay, to try and chat her up, right, and get her to go out with him, right? (laughs) Now, so here's the thing. She actually falls in love with Forever. Oh, no. Because she's like, who's this cute elf, right? Okay. And while this is happening, so there's this comedy of errors where, like, the businesswoman is in love with Forever because she thinks she's this cute elf, but he's, she's really the... She's not a guy. She's, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. This is resolved when Always shows up in town. And he's been adopted by a rich family. Mm -hmm. So he's, like, very wealthy. So the businesswoman thinks it's forever because they're identical twins. Exactly. 
right? So there's all this mistaken identity, but it ends up that the businesswoman marries always, always Christmas. Okay. Forever then reveals that she's a girl and marries the original store owner that she was in love with and everyone is happy. And of course, this happens over the 12 days right. leading up to Christmas. So they get married, double double wedding on Christmas when everything resolves. And you could call this the 12th nights of Christmas, Jacob. <laughs> so that would be my always and forever Christmas pitch. That... And of course, of course, you realized early on that this was a uh, adaptation of 12th Nights. Yes. Which I think refers to the 12 days of Christmas, if I understand that movie, that play correctly. I'm pretty sure when Charlotte Bronte wrote uh, 12, <laughs> 12 <laughs> she was she was making it a reference okay. to 12 you days You got of me Christmas. on that one. Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> oh, man. People are going to be very confused. <laughs> I hope there are no high schoolers who are in English lit that are listening to this, because it's going to be very confusing. She was one of the most prolific writers of her time, Jesse. She was. A lot. A lot of people thought Virginia Woolf was actually the writer. There's a lot of debate. <laughs> okay, so we're we're running a little long, but I am I'm going to give you real quick my okay, elevator pitch for my white elephant exchange. Okay, always and forever okay. Christmas, Jesse. You know what I loved uh, hmm. that never really got I think the accolades and acclaim that it was due. Quantum leap, Jesse. Quantum, Quantum leap. leap. It got a lot of accolades. I know, I and it deserved show. more. <laughs> uh, Jesse, picture this. Always and Forever okay. Christmas. A Quantum yeah. Leap style show where our protagonist Most, is jumping yeah. from Christmas to Christmas to Jacob, Christmas. We gotta, over, we gotta make that, get that made. Over, we gotta watch that so bad. You know, it goes forward in time, it goes backwards in time. Backwards we're talking post-apocalyptic And we're just seeing Christmas, Christmas traditions Just Christmas time. traditions throughout time. Where oh our God, protagonist is, is learning idea. about different traditions, helping solve Christmas I problems. See this show. Doesn't this sound great? This is a this great is, show. This, so this is oh always and forever Christmas. We cracked it. You cracked the code, Jacob. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, because you cracked the code. That so is that's, that that's is the my... best ex- elephant exchange I've heard. <laughs> that's that's my that's my pitch so far in our all of our TED movies. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> All right, oh, man. I, we, that's got to be on the CW somewhere, <laughs> I, right? Did UPN still exist? Look, Can we get that it's on there? Really, it's really easy. You just get period costumes from yeah. different places and different times. And we could be learning yeah. Christmas lessons every week. Oh, absolutely, Jesse. Absolutely. This uh, It writes itself. All right. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. I know that you like that, but it is uh, getting pretty late. You know, there's mm-hmm. lots of present wrapping to do so we should move on to our weekly segment checking it twice where we take a look at where this movie ranks in our top 88 lifetime original christmas movies we Love L.com. We love that they made this list for us. We don't always agree with their rankings. And so, mm-hmm. Jesse, I think this week is one where you and I are in agreement. Where are you putting Always and Forever Christmas on your list? Jacob, well, first of all, it's Always and Forever going to be in my heart. <laughs> but I think I love this movie. This is going straight to the top for me. Now, if you recall, number one so far is on the second day of Christmas. And I think that it's now in its more natural (laughs) second position. 
bumped out of the first spot by Always and Forever Christmas. But I think this one just captured, like, yes, it played it straight in terms of, like, following that journey to the small town, but it made the small town great. You wanted to be there. I wanted to watch this movie again. Carol was amazing. We have the MJH connection through Beth Broderick. It was just all there. I also really have to hand it to this movie for subverting what I would consider to be a incredibly classical trope of these Christmas movies, which is at the end, it shows that our main character, Lucy, she can have it all. She can have her big city life, which she enjoyed prior to coming there. She keeps her job, which she loves and is very good at. She gets the husband who is this attractive diner owner. He opens up a, a restaurant. He follows her. He follows yeah, her. He follows her he back a good, to LA. And he has a good time opening up his restaurant and learning the new cuisine. He's making a lot of avocado I was a little toast. surprised it wasn't a food truck that made <laughs> grilled cheese, but that's okay. That would have been pretty good too. But then they come back to the small town and enjoy the small town on their terms. I loved it. Number one for me, definitely. Number one. Number straight one. Straight to the top. Now, it could be knocked out as early as next week, because, Jacob, what is What's, what is that? What's that noise, Jesse? I'm hearing something on the... I'm hearing something. Something on the stairs. Something on the stairs. The chains are rattling. <laughs> it's the ghost of Christmas future. Of Christmas future. So what are we going to be watching next week, Jacob? Next week, Jesse, I, I've teased this one a little bit in the past, talking about the... You've been teasing this for a star, month. star, uh, Chevy Chase, is going to be in our next movie. Wishing and Hoping. As L.com describes it, now for a 10-year-old boy's Christmas time in 60s Connecticut, his adventure begins when a substitute teacher comes up with an outrageous plan to shake up a school's Christmas pageant, ensuring no one in the town will forget it. Okay, Jacob, wait. Okay. What do you, can we just take a guess at how they're going to shake up the school's Christmas they're gonna, pageant before we watch the movie. Okay, I'm going to tell you. What do you think I, is going to happen? What I think is going to happen is they were doing a full version of A Christmas Carol, and the shake-up is they're going to abridge it. They're going to drop it down to one ghost. <laughs> that would make it better. Why would anyone object? That makes no sense. All right, well, anyways, <laughs> this is based on Wally Lamb's novel, Wishing and Hoping, and has an A-list cast, including Molly Ringwald, Chevy Chase, Annabella Ciora, and SNL's Sherry O'Terry. So <laughs> let's lock and load it in, Jacob. I'm, I'm ready for this I'm Christmas. ready for that. I'm super excited for it, Jesse. We're going to have a good time next week. I think that we are. Well, with that, uh, I'd like to wish you, Jacob, a Merry Christmas. And I'd like to thank, of course, Charles Dickens for popularizing Merry Christmas. And I'd like to wish a Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. Cause this will be a very special Christmas for you, me, and KKP. So join us to have a Christmas of a lifetime. Christmas of a lifetime, So join us to have a Christmas of a lifetime. Christmas of a lifetime, yeah. So join us to have a Christmas of a lifetime. Christmas of a
Which one? Every day is Christmas. Every or? day. Uh, oh, that's no, uh, Merry that's Little Christmas. Um, God, they're all running together now. <laughs>